Hi, friends. Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to let you know that if you like what we talk about here on the Belonging Podcast, I think you'll really love my book. It's called Root and Ritual, Timeless Ways to Connect to Land, Lineage, Community, and the Self. And it is available right now wherever books are sold. It is a beautifully illustrated guide to connecting with the earth, your ancestors, and your communities as you come home to your whole self. Though we live in a radically different looking world, the needs of our bodies and spirits are the same as the ancestors we come from. I divide this book into four parts, land, lineage, community, and self, and I take you on a journey for engaging more deeply with your life. I provide stories from my own life and I share rituals, recipes, and ancestral wisdom, journal prompts to support you on your individual and unique and sacred path. You can get more info and bonuses at rootandritualbook.com and pick it up at your favorite bookstore online or in person. Thanks for all your support. It means the world to me. Welcome to Belonging, a podcast that explores how to come home to yourself in the age of loneliness. I'm Becca Piastrelli, your host and guide on a journey of courageous reconnection as we explore topics like ancestral wisdom, cultivating meaningful sisterhood, living with the seasons and cycles of the earth in your body, and what it means to be a good ancestor. Hello and welcome to The Belonging... (laughs) Just kidding. Hi, it's Becca Piastrelli here. Welcome back to The Belonging Podcast. I had this urge at the beginning to be like my NPR voice, but can't do that. Couldn't last for long. Okay, so I have another solo episode for you. Uh, This early summer days when I'm feeling that sap moving up in the trees and the energy moving up in my body and moving through my throat and wanting to be expressed. I'm moving my hands a lot. I'm feeling amazing. It's a beautiful day. So I posted on Instagram stories. I was like, hey, everyone, I am feeling called to do some solo episodes. What do you want to hear about? And then I saw some of the answers, but I didn't check in over 24 hours and I don't know how to get them all. I'm really sorry. I read most of them, maybe all of them. I'm not sure. Thank you, everyone who responded. You know who you are. So what I could see when I looked the few times was a lot of different questions that kind of had the same theme which was like, what do you do to feel connection? What are your spiritual practices? What do you do in the morning? I want to know about witchy stuff. I want to know your moon magic. I want to know, I want to know. And I was like, I totally get it. Because when I look at people on the internet, people I admire, people who seem to embody the life and the wisdom I desire for myself, who just seem like amazing goddesses in their kimonos or drinking their tea or whatever it is. I want to know nitty gritty. I want to know, do you, do you wake up with an alarm clock or no? Do you journal for 10 minutes? What do you do when you get your period? Do you drink coffee? How often do you check your email? It's like, 
an endless fascination that I could seriously never get bored of hearing people tell me how they are in life. I get a little nervous about answering this question for a few reasons. One, I am not a static individual. I love committing to practices. They rarely last more than 40 days, and that's a long one. They just they just don't. I'm a cyclical being. I'm a bleeding person. So just even in one moon cycle, things are changing in me. I'm a very seasonal being. So seasonally things shift often. <laughs> and I'm a manifesting generator in human design. You probably heard the last episode with AC Brown. So you know a little bit about that. Manifesting generators are natural multitaskers. So Maybe you can relate to this. Maybe you can. I don't have intensely static rituals, but there are some things I have done and do and come back to that have really turned up the volume on my intuition that have helped me clear the clutter and really create a pathway to feeling the presence of my ancestors of the aliveness, the animism of the earth have, have helped me feel more rooted, more grounded, more magical, more connected. And so I'm sharing them with you. And there is a major, major caveat to all of this, which is I am so anti like the guru thing. And this could be controversial, and I know that uh, some people in their spiritual practices or religions or or anything find a lot of comfort in having sort of that figurehead telling them what what is whatever, what is right, what is spiritual, what is love. That I'm not into for many reasons, but mostly because I believe that if you are alive and here, no matter what you've done, how you came into this world, what you look like, how much money you make, how much you pray, whatever it is, you are a divine or magical being. And when we start to do the mimicking or do the the copying or do the dogmatic practices to try to achieve some sort of spiritual status, I think we lose we lose the thread here, which is what is sacred to you? What is connecting to you? And I might rant a little later on that. So I'm going to tell you my story and I'm going to tell you my practices and what's up for me. Again, not really sure what I'm going to say, but I'm going to trust it's going to come through. And sure, maybe you want to try them. That's how I found these things. I tried what other people said but you get the gist. It's all about what resonates for you. But you got to have a little curiosity and you got to get new ideas and this is how it works. We listen, we try, we feel into it, we know. So I will say that one of the practices that I have found to be most nourishing, deeply spiritual, very healing has been the practice of gathering in circle with women. So it's a little bit beyond just sisterhood. It's, it's sacred sisterhood. It's the practice of circle. And uh, I consider Jean Shinoda Bolin, who has written many incredible books, 
one of which is the millionth circle, to be a teacher, not a guru, of the way a circle can be healing for all the ways patriarchy has dimmed the lights of women, had them competing with each other, uh, have them not trusting each other, toxic friendship, talking behind backs, betrayal, all that. So I've got my past with my relationship with women. It's not completely toxic. I loved Girl Scouts. I'm sure I've shared this many times before. I've always had female friends. I definitely dabbled in mean girling. It did not feel good. I didn't really have a model for me, because most of us don't, for being witnessed, for being in ritual with women. And I started seeing, not really seeing, like visioning, like dreaming about women of times past. I had read about the Red Tent. I'd read that beautiful book. And I was imagining our grandmothers and our great-grandmothers and our great-great-grandmothers always sitting in a circle, sometimes around a kitchen table, sometimes in a place of worship, sometimes out in a forest clearing around a fire. I just kept seeing this vision of women sitting in circle, seeing it, seeing it, seeing it. And uh, I realized it's a very ancient modality. And I came into it in the last 10 years with different facilitators and leaders and teachers and had some some beautifully held spaces and some not held spaces. I've really, I, I think one of my main practices is researching various women's circles and gatherings. I think for my entire life, I'll always be going to new ones. But I got to tell you, the really, the really beautifully held ones, the ones where people could get really vulnerable, the ones where, where I felt safe enough to share the deep, dark things and and look up in a woman's eyes and see her loving me through, through my shadow, to be sobbing and snotting all over myself and look up and see women just smiling and crying with me and holding the highest vision for me. It's, I almost want to say it's addicting, but it's just like the best thing. I've, uh, one of the best things I've ever experienced in my life and very healing. And I think every woman in the world I think every person in the world deserves circle. I think, you know, men and, and non-binary, all folk, all folk need circle of various kinds. And I have found particularly women and female identified circle to be really, really good, really healing. I'm also an extrovert. Uh, so actually not sure if this is because I'm an extrovert or not, but I find that I, I get a lot of clarity by talking things out. Often I get clarity while recording my podcast. And yeah, I, I'm a talker outer. Sometimes I am introspective too, but I often have to be moving. That's to come. So I find that in the current circle I am a part of, which is a closed circle. So it's a group of women who are committed to circling every month, month under the new moon. And we have a devote a lifetime devotion to doing this with each other so that it can feel really safe and go deeper and deeper. I find it to be so incredibly healing to have my time to share what's 
most important to me right now. What's how I'm really doing? What's true for me? No interruptions, no nods, no touching of the back, no passing of the tissue, just eye contact and presence by sisters. And I say anything and everything that's true for me. And I often surprise myself with what comes out of my mouth. So that feels like my first spirit, my first and primary spiritual practice that continues to serve me to this day. Women's circle. I also find that I do meditate from here to there, but I'm not a daily meditator. I'm not a regular meditator. I find I have seasons of meditation. I'm much more called to it when the sap is lower to the ground and near the roots. So autumn and winter feel more meditative. But I find that walking in the wild, even just walking outside in my neighborhood, but but truly like walking on trails amongst trees or along oceanside cliffs or in canyons or wild spaces without technology. That's more of a solitary thing, right? I hear myself. I hear what's true. I see the natural world. I remember that the trees are talking to each other underneath the soil. I remember the aliveness of all beings and my connection to it all. It's pure wonder and delight when I do that. Pure wonder and delight. So that's one of my practices that I honestly resist the most. And I think that very much is attached to um, this unlearning. I talked about that a few episodes ago. I'm having with feeling a little bit like, is it okay if I step away from the computer? Is it okay if I step away from technology? Is it okay if I step away from my to-do list? Despite, you know, the fact that I have anxiety or I'm exhausted or my eyes are burning. Like, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what you're supposed to do, Becca. So... I don't know if you can relate to that, but I know a lot of folks are like, oh, uh, I'm looking for like the magic thing. Is it another cup of coffee? Is it like three deep breaths? And it's like, oh no, I just have to go for a 10 minute walk outside. It's like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's a big one. Uh, Another one of my practices is I'm in deep and full devotion, lifetime commitment to living with the seasons, which is a big shift which is a big shift from the way I used to live and the way many of us live, which is a deep noticing of what is happening in the sky with the sun, with the moon, with the, with the plants around me, with also a deep understanding of the way my ancestors worked with the seasons. My ancestors who worked deeply with the land, found a divinity in the land, found the source of spirit to be the land and the cosmos, and to rekindle that relationship that I know still lives within me. It was a little dormant, but I've knocked on the door and I've blown on the embers and it's much more alive. And so this is honoring my energy, the way my energy waxes and wanes throughout the year and my creativity waxes and wanes, my communication, my boundaries, the way I exercise, my libido, everything. It's not always easy, particularly because we live in this culture that wants to treat us like robots who work in factories. And it's not always easy, I'm sure, for mamas out there or... You know, when you got things you got to get done, like I say, I don't live off grid. 
and I don't live off the land. You know, I can get bananas year round and avocados year round. So how seasonal am I? (laughs) How seasonal am I really? That's why it's a lifelong devotion. It's a lifelong practice I am deeply committed to of noticing the subtle and, and not subtle shifts within myself as a seasonal and cyclical being. And just seeing the micro and macro of being seasonal and cyclical. What's the cycles and seasons of a day? What's the cycle and seasons of a week? What are the cycles and seasons of a month? Whether you bleed or not, it's a really powerful thing. Really powerful thing. So one of the questions I got, which is, um, how do you quiet the bullshit of the mind? And I I really love this question because I still struggle with that, right? So in a lot of my work, both online and in person, like on my retreats, I do a lot of guided visualization so or meditation. So I ask people to close their eyes or not and breathe and listen to my voice as I guide them on journeys. And I, I describe visually a journey that they that I invite people to go into. Um, and it's often to ground their energy and to open up any sort of closed parts of themselves, their heart, um, their solar plexus, their mind, their throat, any part of them, their sacral spaces. And um, I do that because I am highly visual and not everyone is highly visual. You know, there's clear audience. Maybe people are hearing it or, or maybe they're feeling it in their body more. And so I noticed that when I lead the most recently on the Ireland retreat, I had some amazing women in the group be like, I love when you drop us in, but I'm not seeing my roots go into the ground. And I'm not, I'm not seeing, you know, the pathway through the forest. I'm not seeing my dream house. Do I suck at this? Am I doing it wrong? And then, or I go, you know, you were describing a beautiful journey. And all I could think is like, oh my God, I'm not doing it right. I'm not doing it right. Oh, and I just thought of the thing I have to do. And oh, I have to make a shopping list. And oh shit, I should be dropped in. I should be dropped in. Oh my God, oh my God. It's like laughing because that still definitely happens to me. For sure, it's a sign to me to take deep breaths and be in it. All my meditation teachers have said that, you know, like to to be in the practice of meditation or journey work is to acknowledge that the brain is there, you know, and, and, and wanting to fire off. And if any thoughts come up or worries to, I love this phrase, let them float away like a cloud, you know, instead of focusing on being bad or wrong for the mind, doing things or saying things is to allow it to pass. So that may work for you. That may not. It helps me a lot when the mind really gets in there. And, you know, some days I can't really drop in that way. And that's when I know maybe I need to get on the phone or send a voice memo or Marco Polo to a sister because I need to talk. You know, maybe I just need to like play out the mind stuff for a little bit. Name the things my mind is saying so that it doesn't have me in a shame cloud. You know, just be like, I just got to name something. I have this story I'm telling myself about like, about looking so fat in those photos and like that I'm just not taking good care of myself and and that I'm I'm just feeling a lot of shame for it. And then it's gone like a cloud. Oh. I'm glad that was just a story because I know that's not true and real, whatever it is. And it's a practice. Honestly, my mind was a lot more chattery three, four years ago than it is now in all of my work. And I'll say the final thing I wanted to share 
is I work a lot with the plants, a lot. And for those of you, I I think one person on the Instagram story was like, how can I have a relationship with the plants when like I don't have a garden and I don't, and I live in an urban place. And I'll say some of my greatest, my greatest like plant witchy teacher people are city folks. And you don't need to have a garden. You don't need to like be able to wild forage, you know, in the forests of Wales, (laughs) There actually probably aren't that many forests in Wales anymore to be connected to the plants. And so that for me, I eat the plants. I drink the plants. I smell them. I adorn myself in them. And so what am I talking about? I'm talking about essential oils. I'm talking about making tea with fresh plant and dry plant. I'm talking about every day. I learn a little bit more about a plant and I put it in my body and I I commune with it. Nettle has been such an ally for me. If you ever heard this term plant allies in the springtime and there's the very real like Western mind, like nettle is good for liver and blood building and immunity. Yes, it's a great thing to have in your body. I right? making pestos and teas and all of it. And nettle has an aliveness to it. Nettle has a spirit to it. Nettle grows in the soil, reminds me of what is in the soil for me and that my ancestors went back to the soil and that I will go back to the soil and I am of the soil. Having a relationship with the plants reminds us that we are not separate from nature You know, I grew up really being afraid to touch plants. What if it's poisonous? What if it stings me? I don't know the name of it. I feel shame. I don't know what that tree is. It's just a pretty tree. You know, really just shutting down because I didn't know. Or like, that still happens where I have friends who can just like name a plant by looking at it. And they'll be like, Becca, what plant is that? I'll be like, I don't know. And I work it. I work with it. It's been a really beautiful journey when I let go of like my studious mind. Like I had all these plant books, plant identification books. I was getting really frustrated. I couldn't memorize it. And then I realized, oh, it's about developing a relationship with the plant, touching the bark of the redwood tree, noticing in early spring these lime green new tips would sprout and realizing I could pluck a few of those new redwood tips and combine them with hot water and drink it in for deep vitamin C healing and feel the resilience and community that is a redwood tree living for thousands of years, connected at its roots to all its sisters and brothers. That's what I mean by relationship with the plants. And I will say one of those plants that has really been helpful to me is psilocybin otherwise known as magic mushrooms, which was recently decriminalized here in, in the city of Oakland, California. And Michael Pollan just came out with an amazing book. I'm forgetting the name, but we'll link it into the show notes about the just deeper openness of the medical and trauma-informed and healing communities around the power of psilocybin and other psychedelic plants for their healing properties. That is deeply ancestral too. And actually what has really been helpful to me is uh, less doing um, journeys. 
with psilocybin, but more uh, engaging in microdosing, which is taking a very small amount and um, doing it every three days. And it's not enough to really impair me in any way. It more heightens my experience of color, of emotion. Uh, It really opens the pathways in the brain. It's really beautiful and powerful what these plants can do for us. And this is all possible without the plants in our bodies. And yet the plants can show us the ways we can feel a deeper connection to our hearts, to our intuition, to all that came before us, to all that comes after us, to the stars, to our ancestors. It's been a really beautiful healing for me, particularly the parts of me that do get really stuck in the Western mind and linear time, the parts of me that do feel not enough and deeply anxious, the bullshit mind chatter, all of it. So I, I am very grateful to the mushroom plants for, I've been eating more of them. I really like shiitake mushrooms. I like to have them when I'm bleeding. Very good for rooting in and building blood back up. And I love, I love walking and seeing them like after it rains, I know mushrooms will pop up. I, if you haven't look up Paul Stamets, that'll be in the show notes too. He's like the mushroom guy. Mushrooms are such, they're ancient, first of all, ancient. And uh, I believe we can fact check this, but I have been told that you can trace like parts of our ancestry, like way, 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 way back before humans, before that mushrooms basically led at some point way down the line evolutionarily to humans. So they are one of our ancient ancestors. They heal the soil and that they, mycelium, this, this very small microscopic mycelium forms a web in the soil that goes all around the earth. So that's been pretty helpful to me too. And you may not be ready for that, or you may have some reservations around that. And I understand, and you can work with plants in many different ways. My first plant friend was lemon balm, and she was sweet and gentle and kind. And so much, so much has been revealed to me by our plant sisters. So that feels like a good place to stop. I am really curious. If you have any other questions, I would love to answer them. I can record another solo episode if you want to dig deeper, or you have other questions in this area. It's a pretty big topic. How do you feel connected to all that is and spirit and your ancestors? And so these are what came to mind in the moment. Like I said, I didn't have much prepared and that's often best with me. That's another thing. I've become a lot more trusting my intuition. I'm a lot less polished and a lot better for it. I used to be so prepared, over-prepared, almost robotic, afraid to deviate from the plan always had a thorough outline and slides and was just so afraid of if, you know, what if I would need to know what to do? And it's, it's become clear that I am a lot more easily trusting of my ability to know what to do and what to say, or to say, I don't know, and that be okay. So thank you for joining me for this little solo episode. And I'm sending blessings your way. Eat a plant today. 
like uh, go to your garden and pick some mint and chew on it or or smell some flowers or adorn yourself with some essential oil or even better like drink, drink a tea of fresh plant material engage with the plants that's my final word lots of love I will talk to you soon on the next episode of Belonging thank you so much for listening I know your time is sacred, and I hope this episode infused some inspiration and meaning into your day. For show notes, links, and references from this episode, you can go to belongingpodcast.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to Belonging on Apple Podcasts, and if you have a moment, leave a review. This helps my little podcast reach more listeners, and I would be ever so grateful.